Welcome back to GPS Sports. It's me, Quinn, here alongside Seth and Connor. We're back, baby. How are you guys doing? How was your Thanksgiving? Fill me in, boys. Quinn, you just sound immaculate today. You know that? Like, Thanks, Seth. He just sound. Did you hear that, Connor? He just sounds super. I did hear it, and I would like to start the podcast on a more negative note. Oh, um, most things don't matter. Anyway, what? back to you. No, I just thought we always start so positive, and I'd like to keep our listeners on their toes. <laughs> most things will amount to nothing. Um, wow, tinfoil hat take, but really, I mean, <laughs> is you it? know, listeners, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you're listening to this right now, go do something better, you know? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 because this is the this highlight. Is this point. is the highlight of everyone that's listening to this. This, this is, is the highlight point. of their week. Are you, it se- won't matter. Who are you people and why don't you have lives? No, oh, hey, stop that. Don't hurt our no, listening base. You're, you're probably right. Oh. Who che- is Cheetos sponsor what us? I mean to say, <laughs> stop, Seth. <laughs> Is that no? They could do something else, uh-huh. but it wouldn't matter. So they may as well stay. Oh, so none of it matters. It's so. really backhanded positivity. Uh, so our podcast positivity. is the best thing that that could possibly because happen everything right is now. tied for zero percent. <laughs> okay, matter. I like that. And because we always are, oh, it's so nice to see you guys. Which it is. I, it's well, how was really you guys? Nice to catch up. Did you guys oh, have yeah. a good Thanksgiving at least? Yeah, it was delightful. Yeah, just family. Not that it would. You matter, went home, ever. didn't you? I went to Seattle. Yeah, I went home. To which my, is home? Well, okay. Olympia. I say Seattle because in Southern California. I want to give everyone the concept, you know, the idea of what being yeah. home is like. And okay. it's what your idea of Seattle is, is basically home for me. Was it raining? Um, it was not raining. It was, it was raining here. Yeah, there was a storm, I heard. Yeah. It was pretty so, pretty gnarly. Okay, so nasty. I was I was uh, Snapchatting my roommate who lives in Idaho, and he went home. Um, I think you guys know Victor. Uh, but he was sending me, like, you know, pictures and it had like the temperature on there it was like 33 at some at one point right it got colder obviously but yeah but i snapchatted him back it was only uh like 12 degrees warmer here i think it was like 45 when i was snapchatting him you were a boomer you know that you just you just wasted about 45 seconds of my time i could have like cooked a hot pocket or something No, Hot Pockets just take two minutes. Wasted with that temperature You could have cooked talk. two Hot Pockets. Quinn, that's worse for you. <laughs> Wait, no. I don't know. <laughs> that's not how that math works. You know, it was only 12 degrees over half... here in Southern California. <laughs> then it wasn't Idaho. Fun fact, hey, guys. shut up. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> this is why no one listens Quinn, to I like you. Little Jordan Humphrey. That's right. That didn't it, it matter. But us. I like you. I like you. Thanks. Appreciate Gorth, that. what was the temperature back in your homeland? <laughs> Is Gorth our intern now? Is Gorth here? Gorth, Gorth I can't intern. see him. Can I give you guys breaking sports news? Sure. Yeah. Ron wait, Rivera saw, yeah. is no longer the Carolina Panthers head coach. Did one of us oh, call that? He's out. I said that Cam Newton's out, which with Ron gone, yeah. it's, I mean, probably it's like the end of an era. Well, I, I saw like an I think it was ESPN that put an article out about Weird. it. Weird. Weird. He was a coach timing. for the last yeah. almost almost ten years. He had 2011 to 2019. Very odd timing. That's, yeah, that is weird. Well, well, I mean, after did they? If I'm not mistaken, they lost. To, yeah, but um, all their all their issues this year have to do with the fact that they don't have a good team. It's not the coach. I don't think <laughs> all their issues stem from how bad they are. <laughs> Fair enough. No, well, like what I'm saying is not. It's not like the coaching staff. It's it's the it's the team itself. Yeah. You know. It, well, you know they they're on a four game lose streak. They lost the Redskins. Um, He'd be a good pickup 21. for a team that needs a better coach. Absolutely. Um, so let's say this: Ron Cleveland. Rivera to the Browns. Yeah, I would yeah. love to see that. I would love to see the Browns with a good head coach who could utilize that talent. That'd be cool. Um, yet again, Freddie Kitchens is uh, st- strictly. This is not a tin foil hat take. This is. Um, it's not even a red pill take. It's not. It's nothing. No one already knows when you have that type of talent and you play the way they do. Baker isn't incredible, but he. But that team with Baker should be better. Yeah, they shouldn't be a five and seventeen. Uh, well, and we talked about it. I I forget what episode it was on. I think probably like five or something. But we talked about that. Like what the issue with the Brown is. Yeah. Browns is this season, and it's their coaching staff. Well, the you know this is what happens for Baker is that he has more commercials than he does wins. Um, <laughs> Um, and that is an yep. issue. And <laughs> it's a big fact. And it's be and you know why is because at the beginning of the season, when if I'm some company who's doing commercials, I look at uh, you know the NFL teams. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well the Browns with that type of talent, no way they can be terrible. But they right, were. and that's just the coaches not yeah. utilizing their assets appropriately. Off- offensive line is terrible. I mean, but you can also 
coach around that and you can pick up pieces. There are there is there is the clock ticking for Freddie Kitchens, and it actually already expired, and he should be gone, and he will be gone. And Ron Rivera being out as the Panthers coach is really interesting to me um, because that, I mean, I guess it just shows that there's a lot of options for the Browns next season. Yeah. Um, I want to start our Age Like Milk, um, so let's get going on that. Uh, for anybody who might be new, because we haven't actually explained this segment since week one that we did it. Oh, wow. Um, oh. Age, age like, age it like milk. It for itself, yeah. let's be honest. It's our takes that have aged poorly, because yes. as we all know, milk curdles and does not last. And so, so do some of our hot takes. <laughs> yeah. they Not only do they cool off, they curdle. Yeah, they get <laughs> bad. <laughs> they spoil. Mm-hmm. Um so one one such take that I like to bring up, and Seth Seth every knows where week, this is going. Guys. Every no, week, hey, but this let this me live. This we don't do this for either of you guys. Hey, 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 we did. Listen up. I'll talk about my Chargers take if you want. <laughs> I, I can honestly, <laughs> if it makes you feel better, listen, I pick the Chargers to make the play. I'm gonna today. I'm <laughs> gonna edit it unless I get too lazy tonight. I'm gonna edit in the clip of what you said right now. <laughs> he cloned himself. Got a John Harbaugh. <laughs> who then went <laughs> to be the far more successful. So, Seth, how's that holding up? The Lions, Lions are going to the playoffs? Look, are they? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was saying, but I believe oh, I had faith. It uh. was a better time. It was a simpler time. Um, and, you know... I'm proud of the Lions for for trying for for getting eliminated in <laughs> in week week 14 as yeah. opposed to week. Well, I will say this 12. to to Seth's point, the the Lions have lost. I think what I'm reading here is of their eight losses, seven were one score yeah. losses, being eight points or less. Yeah, and so. What, to your point, the Lions are just the best. Nice at losing, bummer. And yeah. so, um, <laughs> and I, best. And I think too, when you have Matt Stafford go out, that just sh- that shoots your chances in the knee. And, yeah. and and that's really hard. I like David Blau. I like him playing on Thanksgiving. That was kind of a fun uh, time to see him against the Bears. That horrible, horrible. Well, not horrible. I mean, horrible for him. Like amazing Bears defense. And uh, I thought he played pretty good. So the Lions, again, I hear you. That point made sense to me. They have so many pieces. They have excellent pieces. I'll I'll also say, I think at the time, I even said I could see that happening. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a bad take for the the time. It's just they ended up being a very disappointing team this season. And they they play in a really good division. It's like people Um, that said the Chargers are going to win the Super Bowl this year at the beginning of the season. Oh, gosh, yeah, that was a thing. It was. Well, I mean, and I even... I So after the Chargers were struggling, I think they were 2-4, and not only did I continue my Chargers take, and speaking of age like milk, um, like I did so after they were 2-4. and So what happened was... The Chargers also have a number of great pieces. Did you hear this, Quinn? This might make you sad. They're thinking about Good. benching Philip Rivers. Uh, that there is talk I did hear of Philip Rivers taken to the bench, and that's I mean Philip's the last Charger I care about. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I want him to fair. go to the Hall of Fame. I think he's going. to. This is the year he that should. Darren Sproles retires. This is also the year that Philip Rivers gets benched. If if I was told those two things happened in the same year, you know, six seven years ago, first of all. I would. He just be, doesn't really have it. But anymore. who's In their backup? Tyron like Taylor. Who, oh, is it? Yeah. Eh, he's old. Like he's. he's I mean, he. Not. He might be a nice change of pace. There's nothing to lose. Now we've we've eclipsed the time in the NFL where you like Dwayne Haskins started for the uh, Redskins the other day. Yeah. And so. Well, and then um, you, you look at Drew like Locke for the two years ago Denver Broncos. Dak Prescott. But there's all kids. you know starting but over. That was Tony, the beginning. Tony Romo. He started over Tony Romo, but that was after he had a bunch of wins. So that yeah. was once again. That, saying, that's, that's true. It's now all kids that you're talking about. Tyrod Taylor. Is an old veteran. He was Flacco's how, backup when we were nothing to lose. How I mean, old is Tyrod Taylor? I can look that up. Yeah, right look now. look that okay. up. But what I'm saying is, you've got all of these backups coming in, and I'm like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. Like you've got rookies, you've he's got 30. second, third. He's thirty. Well, Russell he's Wilson's not your quarterback 30. of the future. He's no spring chicken. Not. If I'm if I'm the Chargers, I'm sorry. I'm I'm ready to like kind of lose a couple more games and pick up a quarterback. 
in the draft. Yeah, I, I that's the only Ty- reason that you would play Tyrod. Yeah, because Philip yeah. is better than Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt about that. And Tyrod Taylor is not getting any younger or better. So, and he's not your quarterback of the future. So yeah. there's no reason to start him. You're making your fans angry just to what obviously fans? tank. What fans? But. <laughs> You know, whichever, whoever's still there, I don't know. It frustrates me because there is so little of a fan base left there. Yeah. And the people who still do care, care about kind of the original team. Um, And they would be doing a more obvious taking job than the Dolphins, than the Redskins, than, you know, a lot of these teams that are at the the very bottom. And that's kind of sad. Yeah. It's more, I think if I were... A Chargers fan, which I'm not because no one is. Um, it, it would be a pride thing. Is the only reason you'd start Tyrod to win a game over Philip Rivers is it's like okay, we don't want to tarnish any of the Philip Rivers legacy per se in the realm of statistics. It does tarnish the legacy because it is a bit disrespectful, obviously, to, to bench um, maybe a Hall of Famer. I don't know. We'll see about that. I think he is, but. Um, <laughs> Quinn, I'm not, it's not also, surprised to hear that he, from you. He, he, yeah, he, <laughs> from he, was like, he was my childhood QB. Like, that's the guy I grew up watching. Yeah, you know? sure. Like, if yeah. Matt Hasselback doesn't get in, I w- it makes sense to me, but I'll be sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it also makes total sense to me. But I, I think, I think, uh, Philip Rivers definitely has a better case than Matt Hasselback. I can't believe you would say that. Um, well, <laughs> it's objective. Um, but let's also, uh, go back to a few weeks ago when we were having the MVP discussion. Um, we talked, I, I, was it you, Seth, that said that Lamar wasn't going to be MVP? Mm-hmm. And at the time, I honestly think that was, that was a good take, but I think he has remained the best. And we'll talk about the 49ers Ravens game later in the podcast, but I think he's remained the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, objectively, objectively. Like, oh yeah. I, I don't, I don't think you could make a case for anybody else right now than Lamar. I, I have a problem when it comes to sports of being too skeptical of my own teams because I'm afraid to get hurt. I think hurt. that's a good problem to have, <laughs> yeah. though. I've I've just I've had too many scenarios where I've seen people just be like, oh, my team's the best and all this, and then they do bad. And I'm like, haha, you're a loser. So I would rather be the guy who's like cautious optimism. You overcorrect. Yeah, I do yeah. overcorrect. And so I regret my bad takes on Lamar. I think it was like five or six weeks ago we were looking up what the odds were or the betting of how how much we would win if we bet a hundred dollars on Lamar being MVP, and I think yeah, it was like, Connor, our resident Vegas better. What was the? I'm scrolling up on our document right. Now. <laughs> um, at the that's what we call a push, gentlemen. <laughs> um, I will find it in a minute, and I'll let you know. I will say to your point. Seth and Quinn, what we're saying about Lamar Jackson is he's taken a leap. I don't know if he's the best he's quarterback because he has an offense designed for him, which is different. Like obviously, like yeah. if you're to take Aaron Rodgers, I he, I don't know. It, it's Rogers hard for me to say he's the, the best quarterback only because of um, the amount of talent that's out there that's probably not given as many weapons or as successful as, as a system. <laughs> yeah. I think it's sort of a symbiotic relationship between whatever John Harbaugh's putting together and uh, Lamar Jackson, that they're able to run the ball that they are and the way that they're able to um, use him in that way. Without a doubt, he's the most exciting quarterback I've seen. Patrick Mahomes last season, I was like, oh, no, this is the most exciting quarterback I've ever seen in my life. But he never ran the ball. Like yeah. Lamar Jackson. He's exciting. He's just an exciting guy to watch. Yeah. I think that's that's what makes Lamar Jackson so much of a um, just like exciting player is that he runs the ball and he passes the ball. Like he's the complete package. And I think back to his time at Louisville, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he was that player. Like that was his trademark. That was what everybody saw. The entire nation was like, look at Lamar Jackson. This guy's insane. He's doing this every game, you know. And I look back to that and I think of two things. Last year, when we all saw Lamar Jackson come out into the NFL and say, you know what, he's not going to do the same thing in the NFL. Like, he can't do the same thing in the NFL because it's a completely different game. And then I look at this year, where he does the same thing. Well, and, and granted, not to the degree that he did in college, but still, to an incredible level of success. Oh, yeah. Um 
and, and he is the player. He has become the player that he was in college at an NFL level. Yeah. And I think that's an impressive transition to make. And I think that's also something that we shouldn't just push to the side and say, hey, this is his breakout year, but he's definitely going to regress in future years. I think this is this is the Lamar Jackson that, yeah, sure, he's not going to be this good every year but he's going to be good for years to come. Yeah, and there's no reason right now to doubt that other than injury. And I'm so tired of hearing all the doubters from the past now saying, well, yeah, he's good now, but just you wait. You know, just you wait for for something in the future to go wrong. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm tired of that. Let's just enjoy it now. Let's see how long it goes. And maybe this is kind of the future of the NFL. And I think um, a lot of people could hope that it would be because you see what a high-powered offense it is. And the NFL has tried so desperately for years to create rules um, where it makes it easier for teams to score. Um, And it's frustrated defenses. But if you can do it organically by just having a different style of play, I think that's far more entertaining. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, we'll just have to see what the future holds. But, I mean, this... Normally, when you think of like the most entertaining team or player in a in a sport, they're not usually the best. Um, I, yeah. I think of like I think that's that's well most of the time. Mo- most of the, uh, sure, like LeBron James, right. best yeah, player, that was usually the, the most example I was thinking of. But I was thinking of like uh, Lob City with the Clippers. Mm. Like what is that? Like a, a five hundred team back with Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. They were five hundred like, at the time. They were like an eight seed. Well, no, yeah. they were. They had fifty wins. When, when when Blake was young, like, Height of Lob City was not a great team. Height of Lob City, I, I liked early Blake Griffin. Great team. I like me. Yeah. I liked what yeah. Doc Rivers was doing. I mean, what's your point, though? I'm just saying, like, that wasn't the best team in the NBA just because they were the most fun to watch. Oh, I understand. No, and that happens across sports, like, right. all the time. Or, yeah. like, Bryce Harper is probably, like, one of the most well-known MLB players by far the most overrated in my opinion you know right and he's i guess i don't know i would say that mike trout is more entertaining yeah sure if you're a fan but mike trout's not like the polarizing guy that like he's not like the most marketable guy in the league you know what i mean well lamar jackson isn't that interesting off field no he's just like if i'm an nfl franchise that's he's perfect oh yeah perfect quarterback to be because he's dedicated to the ravens yeah he's fascinating on the field yeah and then off the field he keeps like out of you know the sort of like a spotlight like antonio brown he's absolutely so exciting but i think part of the reason why obviously there's this you know scandal investigation going on but if i'm a gm and if it's time to take him back the only reason I take him back is because he's as good as he is. There are going to be NFL GMs who do not take Antonio Brown um, or even consider it because of the type of press he would bring, yes. negative press that he would bring your team. Yeah, whereas Lamar, I mean, every week, how many he's questions does he get yeah. that are just about him and how great he is? And every time he deflects it to offensive line, to my running backs. To he's like, a good guy. Yeah, I mean, he fumbled against the Niners, yeah. and that's what he talked about yeah. for half wow, of his press conference. That was a voice conference. crack. Did any of you guys hear that? Almost every week you do this. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I didn't. I just it. like interrupting you, Seth. Oh, gosh. But yeah, like he he just talks about his mistakes more than anything. He's like, I, I still need to like get better. And I don't know when or if that'll ever catch up with him. Um, yeah. If he'll either kind of eventually be like, yeah, I am, I am great. Or if he'll just be kind of so dedicated to always getting better that he'll never get to just enjoy it. And I don't want him to be Belichick. I want him to have fun. You Uh, know, I'll say this. I'm going to make this parallel really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is the Derek Jeter of the NFL. And by by this, (laughs) bear with me, boys. I'm not following, but go. Derek Jeter was... um, Obviously, it's different to be a quarterback than it is to be like a shortstop. Yeah, we right. know this. This is it, it, it's not a perfect parallel. But what Derek Jeter did that I see Lamar Jackson do, Lamar Jackson do that we're talking about right now, is that Derek Jeter was the man who was questioned the most at his time at the Yankees, and he spoke so much, but he never truly said anything. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I think yeah, yeah. that's what I want. If I'm an NFL GM, if, if I'm running a franchise, I want a player who's going to say a lot or he's going to like speak much, but say nothing because yeah. that's, that is the best way. I think we see this a lot of times um, where athletes trip up is when they actually say something that, um, 
where they mean it, like, oh, our coaching is poor, or the problem was this, I don't know, Chris Paul one time said something about the referees, and it was during the game where there was a female referee, like the only one in the NBA, and then he got in trouble because he said, you know, it's hot button, and he, like, kind of got close to it, and so the best thing I want as an NFL GM is a player who's going to answer in the most boring, classic (laughs) answer possible, Right, media like, readiness is yeah, it's absolutely media readiness, yeah. and so that's what I mean when I say he's the Derek Jeter is because he's like the token right now. He's like the token interview that you want. Everyone wants yeah. to interview Lamar Jackson right now and like get his thoughts on life and football and but at coaching, the same time, he's Mark perfect Ingram, for the, the whole team. guys. Yeah, but he's perfect because all he'll do is deflect with the classic sport athlete professional sport athlete answers right. like oh you know it's a team sport so <laughs> yeah. and then he like stops talking and if you're like an ESPN reporter that's like nothing to go off of nothing at all which is perfect if you're the Ravens oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. but before we move on have either of you guys ever heard Zach Granke give an interview no no okay go home look it up it's one of the funniest things ever because all of his all of his interviews are just either the most like random stuff or it's like just a two-word answer and then he just is silent so like he'll talk or something like that he'll give he'll give like a completely unrelated answer like one time he was talking about like like they asked him how the game went or something like that or what what was going on in the clubhouse and he gave like this story about how uh people were like peeing on the seats in the stalls and weren't cleaning it up and then just stopped talking <laughs> that's funny he's that he, makes sense to me zach granke is an interesting zach interviewer is marshawn lynch <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, it, that makes sense to me i like to like project myself obviously like we all do you know yeah. in these interviews like okay what would i say it has to be so exhausting to be asked i know not only the that same often, question but the same question yeah. that often so um i don't know i enjoy that but it's like that is more dangerous than like a Lamar Jackson. Like if I'm a, yeah, if I'm a GM, I want to, um, I want to make it as vanilla an answer as possible, uh, for the sake of not, uh, adding the, the eye of the media. You don't want that to turn on your team. Right. Just add a distraction you don't need. Um, we're going to transition. Uh, we got a little segment I want to do. So we're in next week. It's going to be week 15, right? Sure, I don't know. Yeah, uh, no. Uh, no next 14, week is going to be next th- week thirteen. For fourteen. Four, no, thirteen. Wait, look it up. Seahawks are ten and two with there's, a bye week. They, uh, <laughs> so 12, oh, there's four games 13. left. So okay. you're right. Either no, way, fourteen. You're right. <coughs> next seventeen week, weeks. Week fourteen. Next week is okay. week fourteen. Yeah. So what? either way, 14, we 15, 16. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Sometimes numbers. <laughs> We're at, at home. Count on your fingers because that's what me and Seth did, and it totally helped. Yeah. So <laughs> I drank we... a bottle of Dayquil before this. I've had a fever for about a week. I you guys look like elephants right now. <laughs> oh good. Because we I'm are glad. elephants. <laughs> oh. Heffalumps and woozles, as Winnie the Pooh would say. Mm. You guys, Winnie the Pooh. You're no. a heffalump and you're a woozle. Good. I I embrace it. I appreciate it. All right, What's so, Gorth? What do you? Oh, Gorth. Dark Lord of Woozleuff. <laughs> Gorth is just the Dark Lord of Murder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if if people who are listening to this episode and didn't listen to episode eight are going to be very confused. Yeah. Go, if you don't know who Gorth is, just listen to the last. Episode. If you don't it's, know who Gorth, the Dark Lord of Murder, is, then you <laughs> might want to tune into our last episode. I swear it makes sense, and it's not some weird thing that. We're well, <laughs> and you know, it still might not make sense after you watch episode or listen to episode eight. But it'll there, always be somewhat funny. I think if we had a motto for the podcast, it's going to be three words bear with us yeah and i think gps sports is good and if we ever really start monetizing it we should just call the podcast bear with us yeah so that way we can kind of get away with more and be like hey bear with us yeah bear with me lamar jackson is Derek jeter <laughs> <laughs> so, so i'll tell you why yes in a little bit here yeah um okay <laughs> transitioning um so we're starting like the fantasy playoff season, right? Fantasy football. It's uh, not looking good for me. Quite. Teams are either <laughs> last out. week they went in or they're going to there. be going in next week to the playoffs. Most yeah, most yeah. leagues, 10, 8 people. Um, so I want to kind of do first um, a year in review for fantasy. And let's talk about some of the breakouts that we saw this season and some of the busts that we saw this season. And then also um, I want to talk in this segment about um, who your picks are going to be for the next, I, I wrote two for some reason, um, for the next few weeks. 
um, who who like who your your cornerstones are for the fantasy playoffs. Like these guys that um, going out of the season are going to be having strong performances, and the guys that maybe we should be putting on our benches. Um, so let's talk about this. Let's first um, start with breakouts and busts. Um, so who this year has really surprised you? Other than, uh, and I'm going to give two answers here, Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey. Negatively or positively surprised? Both. I would say um, a negative surprise for me is how Todd Gurley's being used. I don't know what happened. We talked about this during the Super Bowl. He fell off the face of the planet. Yeah. Like, do you remember this? He didn't play in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Like, I don't know. It must have been some like crazy injury we're going to hear about in a couple years uh, that the team wants to keep you know low for the sake of like his privacy and also the press would just blow it up into a bigger thing than it is. But I have been really, um, really saddened that Todd Gurley, he's had career lows in touches. He's had career low in touchdowns. He's had career lows in yards and yards per attempt. Like, he is having a terrible, terrible season. And I think it's because of that injury that kept him out of the Super Bowl. (coughs) In some one way or another, Todd Gurley fell off the face of the planet. So for me, that was a big surprise this year because I was like, okay, maybe it was some terrible injury then that he could get right. And maybe... Maybe his career's like done now, which is a shock to Man, me. That would be crazy. It w- well, it, it, it I, I don't. Shocking. I don't think it's done, but also it, but like, it's not the same. It's not the same. They're not playing the same. Something is wrong with in LA with the Rams. So that's a huge surprise for me. Quinn is Todd Gurley's. Um, he's just sucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's no, just, just like the best way to put it. I think. I think bad. on that same note of someone who's not putting up the same yards, the same uh, touchdowns, same receptions, whatever. Um, on the wide receiver side, you got to talk about Juju. Sure. Like, uh, for a lot of people. Well, I mean, you lose Big Ben. Yeah. Is the only, like, I he guess. Just, but, hasn't but, been but the also target, the, though. He's, he's, well, yeah, but like Mason Rudolph's This is for a lot of people, like a, like a first, second round pick. And he busted this season. Like, that, that he just didn't have the season that, you know, he everyone thought he was going to have. I don't know if that's his fault because of losing Big Ben. I, yeah, but also if you're a, if you're a good receiver, you're going to make those points up at least somewhat. The team I think. is 7 and 5. That's cuz Mike Tomlin is a magician. Well, and not he's not pulling rabbits out of that hat. He's pulling trophies, he's pulling gold. He's <laughs> yeah, but pulling also, on that note though, they're not that hat. they're not he's like has love in a jar. They're not losing though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that I, I mean, you have you all can, that stuff make, in a hat, but you've got Juju out of the hat. Not already. helping. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, but you think you don't about have to this. go to the hat for Do everything. Do you remember Antonio Brown when he was a Steeler? I know a lot has happened with Antonio Brown since he was a Steeler. Do you remember his statistics on any other quarterback not named Big Ben? They were awful. You can go back and look up what Antonio Brown's stats were, his so receptions, think, his touchdowns. Do you think Juju bounces back next year? Um, if he gets a good quarterback, I do think so. Wide receiver is he it, worth drafting fifth or sixth round? Um, yes, he'll be worth drafting fifth or sixth round for sure. But no. you just gotta be. No, he won't. You just well, it depends on who's playing quarterback. For me, as as a fantasy guru, that which I thought I was before this season, where I I'm not something. Man, your team, dude, it's rough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm going. I'm going to the what, um, what's your record waiver now? wire. I think I have lose, two. I think I have two week? wins. Yes, Quinn, I lost. Hey, you scored sixty-one hey, points. Hey, you're this four week. and nine. Four and nine. Not too bad. Still, the loaf of tatapus. Okay, <laughs> two years ago I went undefeated Gosh. in two leagues, and it was that day that I said, you know, I'm the king of LA. I'm like LeBron. <laughs> I may never lose a fantasy football game ever again. And since then, it has been rough to say it lightly. Um, okay, so. For me, if I'm drafting a wide receiver, you got to ask who's playing quarterback. Also, Quinn, because we're entering December, because we're entering the time when your defense is going to really shorten that length of the field, when um, you it's cold, it's snowing, it's raining, that ball gets slippery, it gets really hard to pass in the winds of like the winter. Um, for my Game of Thrones fans out there, winds of winter. <laughs> and, um, and so... Basically, what I mean to say is this, is this is the 
this is the uh, time of the running back. Your running backs are going to be more valuable than they've ever been before, yeah. especially for playoff contending teams, because teams that can run the ball successfully in, in December and January are teams that will make it far into the playoffs because of the weather. And so, so is that is that what you're doing with your flex over the next? My few flex weeks? will be a running back. It won't be a wide receiver because, or if it's a wide receiver, it has to be like a top tier. It's a special top where they're playing like the Dolphins or yeah, or like in a dome or in the yeah. South. And I think too, this is to this is for my fanatics out there. Check the weather. Of, no, of the games that you are going to start your players in. It matters so much more than you think because let's take, for example, that monsoon that the Redskins played, the uh, 49ers. Yeah. It was 9-0. to zero. If you started anyone that wasn't a defense, you were dumb. Yes, exactly. So check the weather. This is the time of the year to do that. And I'm also saying for your flex position, you're going to want a running back more than a wide receiver unless it's some sort of dome game or it's um, a high-level receiver who's going to get the ball no matter what the weather is. Um, another bust I want to talk about real quick is, well, I mean, not spend too much time on, obviously, because we've already talked about him. Uh, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> he, Freddie Kitchens, dude. It's Freddie Kitchens' fault. I, I, I agree. Not I, it's, entirely. It, well, it's mostly yeah, the coaching staff on that team because they have on paper what should be a good team. And Baker last year was really good. They just can't figure out how to make the team work. It, the team is a mess. That team, the fact that they have even one win is surprising to me. You know? I think the difference with him as a bust is with, with these other busts, they have had previous years that were amazing and you know we expected them to stay at that high level. With Baker, it was, he had a pretty okay first year, but he's on the Browns. Like The Browns got to be great. So like, all pro and it just expectations were set so high for such a terrible organization. Well, I mean, it is hard for the organization and it is like even Odell, Jarvis Landry, like all these other wide receivers yeah. had success because of the lack of success offensively they've had outside of anyone not named Nick Chubb, right? I think Nick I had Nick Chubb on one of my teams this year and it was yeah. really successful. But it is it is the fault of the coaching staff to not use their weapons appropriately. I think Baker was a good pick at the time, but you know, I we talked about this. Where too, was he drafted at the beginning in, of the season? In our league, I don't remember. Oh, uh, I think he's, he's on, on my team. I think he's some... on my bench right now. Is he on your team? Mm-hmm. I think so. Or no, no. Sorry, I have, I have two. I have two teams, and I always get distracted. Are you you're cheating Cream on us? Hunt. You're cheating on us, huh? No, oh, I, Cream Hunt's back. One team, yeah. Cream Hunt's on my team. On my team. Wow, he's been doing pretty well. I know on my bench too. Whoops. Okay, yeah. But that's just to say, um, for Baker Mayfield, it's a bust. But I was never sold on the Browns. So if you if you were buying Brown stock, don't yet, and don't next season either, because it it looks like it's Freddie Kitchens, but we don't know if it's going to be. Um, and also, Quinn, I want to give you one more um, bust that I was pretty disappointed with, and that was uh, the Bears' offense. Anyone on the Bears' offense has been really disappointing mm, because yeah. the Bears last year had this Matt Nagy system that was really new age, and it was like, oh, Sean McVay's got yeah. a challenger in the West, and it's the Bears. But now Mitch Trubisky is throwing half his passes. I mean, he's been good over the last half of the season because of the fire lit under his butt, but uh, to that point, uh, the the Bears have been really disappointing me offensively, yeah. uh, and that and that really bums me out. I was pretty high in the Bears in the beginning of the season. I think their defense has been fine, but it's hard to play defense when your offense can't hold the ball for much of the game because then you just gotta get like tired, and um, there's a lot more that the other team can do to you yeah. offensively. I Baker, just, I, I just sorry, I just want to mention real quick. I'm looking at the rankings for the fantasy rankings right now. Um, it is insanely impressive what Christian McCaffrey has done this season. Oh, yeah. He is, because yeah. I, I feel like we, we haven't talked about him enough on this podcast, but McCaffrey. That's his team now. You, you, did you know he is second in points average above, like, almost every quarterback except for Lamar Jackson? Yeah. He's wow. averaging more points per game than every quarterback in the league except for Lamar. Yeah. That's insane. For a running back, that's really good. That means he like he's averaging twenty three point three points a game. Jeez, yeah, he is on pace to beat Chris Johnson's um, all purpose yards record. 
Um, and so I think that just stands to the testament of him as a fantasy player and the, the way that he's being used in the Carolina offense is uh, that – Kyle, what's his last name? Kyle Moore. Kyle Allen. Allen. Yeah. One of the Al- many Allens playing quarterback now. No, honestly. Uh, okay, Kyle Allen is not that great. He is a nice sort of patch to like your. Oh no, like Cam Newton's out. Yeah. He's not as good as he used to be. Boom! The whole of your boat is punctured. You're getting water in, and you have Flex Seal, and his name is Kyle Allen. And you put that Flex Seal over <laughs> the break in your boat. And you're like, I saw this boat in half. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, it's pretty good. It should be able to get me to the port where I will get a new uh, hole for my boat. That's Kyle Allen. He will get you to the draft where you can get another quarterback, one who can be a more promise for the future. He has had a really rough second half. He had a really successful first half. Obviously, I think he went four games without an interception. And uh, that just goes to show his success in large part, and this is my point, is because of Christian McCaffrey and the way that he's being used both as a receiver and as a running back. It was much like how Le'Veon Bell is being used um, in both roles, getting you know 30 whatever touches a game in the backfield. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, like, let's do some, like, waiver wire, I guess, for the next few weeks, because we're talking about uh, playoffs, right? So, people are going to be making a playoff push, Um, you know, well, I I guess if you're in the playoffs, you already made the playoffs, but you're going to be wanting to make that championship. So, let's talk talk about some players that could make or break that difference for your team. Um, And I want to start out with, with, and this isn't, like, people that are already owned on rosters this is more like you know yeah yeah players yeah. who are probably gonna be available right yeah. so uh first up i want to talk about bo scarborough um he has been really good i actually picked him up i think two weeks ago on my own team um and he's he's someone that since making his uh debut this year has just been really consistent uh, for that detroit offense um only owned in 46.6 percent of leagues right now um, he debuted three weeks ago, and I think uh, he's getting a lot of carries, and he's a consistent player that's probably, again, I'm going to you know preface this by saying don't take my word as gospel, but uh, probably going to be able to net you 10 points or more every week. Yeah. I think, I think he would be a good pickup uh, for your playoffs. If you need a uh, running back flex, you have someone that gets injured, something like that, uh, Take Scarborough, he'd be great. He'd be one of those players that you could really rely on uh, for something like that. Yeah, yes. I I agree with that. Um, I think if you're, I I know that I'm looking at some of the teams that are in our uh, league and they've gotten there on the backs of their running backs and their wide receivers, but mm-hmm. have like switched around quarterbacks like every other week. Except for me, baby. Except, well, yeah, Lamar. Yeah. Uh, go pick up Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, like go do it. Because at at least for this upcoming week against Oakland, because if you look at Tannehill's numbers since he got put in, 19, 19, 23, 18, 32 against Jacksonville, uh, and then kind of a down week against Indy with 13. But, I mean, Oakland has a terrible defense. and Yeah, their secondary has not been good this year. Yeah, and the, the combination of Tannehill and Derrick Henry, who Derrick Henry is is someone that we don't ever give enough credit. Yeah, I like to think of him as like what we thought Leonard Fournette was going to be. Yeah. It's like that's the level of play that he's been playing at. That is the type of uh, what he like on screen. He's running through guys in the way that I thought Leonard Fournette would have been. But I think he was like injury prone, and it's kind of like weird quarterback situation yeah. going on in Jacksonville. Well, on, on, the same, on the same note, though, as Tannehill, um, you can make the case for Sam Darnold next week. Uh, I don't know. It's hard, though. Because, sorry. Well, no, no, you're right. The Dolphins have been not as been, bad as they were at the beginning of the season. Th- I was going to make a Jet, point about but, that. Keep going. No, sorry. You finish no, your thought, no, and then I'll respond. Uh, Sam Darnold this year has had success against teams that um, are not good. <laughs> you know? So, like, he, uh, the majority of his good games this year have been against... Um, I'm, I'm blanking on which teams they were. But, like, I remember, like, the weeks that he's gotten a lot of points have been against the teams that... Um, you know, he should have gotten a lot of points against. So it makes sense playing the Dolphins, who, um, yes, they have been better, but I think that's that's mostly because of their offense, not as much because of their defense. Yes. However, to your point, the lowest scoring quarterback over the last 10 weeks has been Sam Darnold. And so <laughs> that's the only hard thing is as a Jets 
offense. Like you can put your stock in the Jets offense, but let me just say this. We're, I'm going to stay in the AFC East with you, Quinn. I like the idea. I like the track you're going on. But I'm going to take you one step further to my guy, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, up, up until the second half of last season, was the highest scoring quarterback, fantasy football-wise, last season, the second half of the season. This wow. season, over, What's he's his had ownership eight percentage, straight you know? game. Uh, it, I don't... I'll check it. You yeah, keep talking. Yeah, you look at that. Um... He's had eight straight games of 17 or more fantasy points. And so I like Josh Allen, especially because he's a quarterback being used by the by Buffalo, who, first of all, doesn't have that hard of a schedule. No. Uh, they're 9-3, and three, for goodness sakes. I don't think they're a 9-3 team at all, but they've been able to play. Um, they just had a schedule that really benefited them. And anyway, he's been used in a way where he'll run the ball and pass the ball. And like I was saying with... Um, teams that are running the ball in this weather a running quarterback is probably going to be your best bet because of how many how many times these guys are going to take off in the snow where i would agree pass. with you but he's owned in like 85 percent of 85 percent ownership yeah. rate okay he's then, the fifth quarterback okay well okay false alarm <laughs> that about that trade for him uh he, he, uh, he <laughs> trade for him in the playoffs cole I, beasley though he's one of those guys though that you could say was a sleeper. He wasn't even drafted in our fantasy league, no. and, and and I was high on him. Yeah, he he has had an impressive season though. Okay, but to that point, I will pivot to a different Bills player, Cole Beasley. I like Cole Beasley. Here's a cool thing about him: he has the most reception yards of any wide receiver since. Get, tell, ask someone, ask me when. When? 2015, Quinn. Wow. Over the last four years, he's had the most reception yards. Yeah, and he's only owned in 24% of leagues. Cole Beasley, as far as wide receivers go, he's being used by Buffalo in a similar way that he was being used in Dallas as that slot guy who can get you yards after the catch. So He's another one of those guys that's yes. going to that's gonna net you like seven, eight-plus points per yeah, game. Yeah, I'm hoping he gets like 60 yards, maybe a touchdown here and there, right? And he, next week, is playing the Ravens, so... I wouldn't say he's a good pick for okay, next week. Not next week. And then, <laughs> or you put him on your bench. You get him, you put him on your bench, you save him for a rainy day. And Just I mean wait for the rainy. championship. Wait for wait for week seventeen. He's playing the New York Jets, baby. Yeah. Hey, there you go. There you go. He's a good he's start a good all of the bills. <laughs> flex over there. Um what about like Rashad Penny? Rashad Penny, well, I'll say this. It's hard if you want to draft a Seahawks running back not named Chris Carson. He's Chris Carson's owned in many leagues right now. Um but the Seahawks backfield, and take this from a fan who's watching every game and watching analysis on every game, is a it's not even a split backfield. It's more like two thirds, one third. Rashad Penny's kind of our third down running back that we that gets big yardage and he's injury prone. So you could pick him up, but I would he's almost getting, tell you he's been getting 10 ish, ten plus uh <gasps> carries per game. Yeah, which is it's good, especially because the Seahawks have been playing well. So it's a risk. I think it's a higher risk than Rasheem Mostart. Mostert yeah, from yeah. Um, that is that speed back out of San Francisco. He is another running back I'm really high on, especially as San Francisco yeah. looks to run the ball more in the winter because of just like the weather and like the games they're going to be playing. There's very few situations and their offense. in which I recommend starting a backup running back. Yeah, well, there's a lot of injuries there's going a- on in um, in San Francisco right now. Yes, and that's that's why that's one of the situations yeah. where it's acceptable. Um, because yeah, I mean, he, he had a, a good game against, you know, a staunch Ravens defense in bad weather. Um, they run the ball like crazy there in San Francisco. They do, they do in Seattle too. So that's a risk. If you want Rashad Penny, I'd go with Mostert if you can, but if you're back up against the wall, you got no running backs. You didn't draft well. Something happened, injuries, whatever. He's got, he's, go he doesn't it. have a terribly hard schedule in the coming weeks, which is why I, mm-hmm. I threw his name out there. Yeah. Because yeah, every, everyone has Carson. Carson's probably owned in most leagues. Yeah. yeah. Carson's um, got getting the most touches since Marshawn Lynch. Only 85% of, of leagues, which kind of surprises for me. For Carson? Yeah. Really? I don't know. Maybe it's those 14 yeah. leagues. Yeah. Um, I do want to pivot because uh, we're quickly approaching 45 minutes here. Um, we got to get to some other uh, stuff, mainly uh, some big games. Um so over the last we we haven't podcasted in like uh, two weeks I think Yeet. Um, unfortunately man I was really upset about that last week I I was bummed to not come in here and talk about sports with you guys um, so let's talk about some of the games that we missed uh, one of those did you guys watch the um, Ohio Ohio State versus Michigan game last week I 
We're not gonna like talk extensively about it. I'm just wondering. It was an ex- it was a it was a rivalry game. So no, <laughs> um, I did not. What I did do is look at the score as it approached um, as it approached uh, the Ohio State blowing them out um, consistently. Jim Harbaugh, the brother John Harbaugh, um, he has a lot of success against unranked opponents, which means he can put together a win, but he can't push his team, or that's what I think it means. And so uh, for me, he's 0-5 against, not for me, he is 0-5 against Ohio State. And that's okay because Ohio State's one of like the premier leagues in the nation. But if I'm Michigan and I'm paying Jim Harbaugh, I don't know what, $8 million a year, I'm paying him the type of thing I'd pay Nick Saban, then I'm going to want more out of him, especially against ranked opponents. All right, so have you guys seen the show Living With Yourself with yes. Paul Rudd? No. Yes. Okay, so uh, for, for those who haven't seen it, it's it's basically about Paul oh. Rudd, and he's sad and yes, depressed, wait, yeah. and then he's like, I'm yeah. going to go to this spa, and the spa turns out to be a cloning place. Yes. But yeah, it's a long story. Anyway, <laughs> and he tell clones, me- he clones himself. Yeah. Yes. yes, and, and then so he, that and the then clone he of him, him, then he meets himself. Right. Yes. The, the clone of him is just way better a person than he ever was. Yeah, it's like but, toxic him and not toxic him. Right. Yes. So tell like me that, that Jim Harbaugh did not do the exact same thing. He cloned <laughs> himself, got a John Harbaugh, who then went <laughs> <laughs> to be the far more successful coach. Oh. Yeah, John Harbaugh beats Jim Harbaugh in a Super Bowl. He's <laughs> always smiling and ha- like they look like the same person, but one has been beaten down by life and one has been uplifted by it. Did you wow. hear the, his interview after the game where they're like, "Hey, what's the problem? Is it the coaching? Is it the is it the play? What's the problem?" And he's like, I will not answer your insults. I will only answer your questions. Uh, and then the reporter was like, yeah, it is a question. He like uh, went back at him. But I, I felt really bad for him because he's like, he feels like he's de- he's defensive. You can see that he's like feels very defensive. It was an attacking question. I think it's a fair place. But it's also, that's a fair question. Like, listen, like you are a, you're supposed to be this really great coach who we're paying the money for, like, like I said, Nick Saban. Yeah. Why aren't we seeing that in any way against ranked opponents? It was just posed in such a way that there was no good way to answer it. Because yeah. I think he could have just asked him, you know, what what was the difference today? Because that's yeah. that's how every reporter asks it. But this guy went into such specifics. Is it, he was thing, like, is is it a this? talent disparity? Is it a coaching problem? I'm yeah. like, come on. You can't just... Because if he says, yeah, it was a talent thing. My players are trash. Mm-hmm. Or he can't say, it's a coaching thing. They shouldn't be paying me $8 million. Yeah. Like, he puts out the two options that Harbaugh can't say anything to. Yeah. So the, it is an insult. Because and, and that's true. There is... That is... And now I'm going to get into my major study in <laughs> communication and, like, um, rhetorical studies there's this false um i think it's like false options or something like that where you don't give enough options to your the answer to your question as if it's the, these are the only two options yeah. of the right answer like um seth why do you look bad today is it because um you're is it because you're having a bad day or <laughs> i'm doing a terrible job i'm going to back out I was, all right anyway like i was saying <laughs> jim harbaugh's not going to be the coach john is that what you're saying? Jim. Hmm? Is that, that's what you're saying? I was flying, and I flew too close to the sun, and I burned my wings. <laughs> that's what happened. Good. Um, yeah, let's move on, because I, I think th- all that's been said about the— or all that needs to be said about the Ohio-Michigan game has been said. Yeah. Um, Ohio is objectively the better— t- Sorry. Justin Fields. The Ohio okay. State University. The Ohio State University. For there are many, but this is the one. <laughs> yeah. They are objectively the better team this year. I, I I don't think anyone would argue with that. And if they had lost this game, I think it would have been a bigger story than them winning it. Yeah, I don't so, know. I think Jim gets too much crap. Um, but let's let's do talk about I'll the give him crap. I don't think I gave him crap. <laughs> let's do talk about the other game that I I'm prob- pretty sure that all of us probably watched last week, um, and that was uh, 49ers and Ravens. Um, cause that was a game that we were all excited for, um, excited to watch and it turned out to be, well, okay. I'll say this, um, started off a very offensive game. Um, that first half was, was a lot of, um, great offensive plays, passes, runs, you name it, whatever, as yeah. you would expect with, you know, 
a team like the the Ravens and the 49ers. Um, but the second half of that game was very defensively centered. I can tell um, you why that is. Yeah, go for it. That is great coaching. Is when you have a team be both teams be able to um, start electrically, like start with electricity, they score a lot. That is a, a function of um, a good coaching staff that says, okay, this is going to be our plan that we're going to match up well against our offense, going to match well against their defense, right? It shows kind of a rough defensive scheme, except you have a really, when you, when you have a team that uh, both did it at the same game, which was awesome. When you have a team that's able to adjust like that at halftime, that is how you know the players not only are bought into the coaches like themselves, they're bought into the coach's system. Yeah. And the coach also has an infrastructure in place of saying, okay, these are the things we are going to do to adjust, which means they have successful infrastructures to adjust to what other teams can do. And other teams are obviously a variable that change every week. Yeah. So I think it's great coaching on both staffs that's able to say, we have a good game plan. And then at halftime, both teams successfully adjust to the other team and what they're giving them. And then it's like a who has the ball last type of game. And and to that point, I'll also add, it's not just a um, like a, a linear, like let's adjust what they were doing in the first half. Yeah. It's a, hey, let's anticipate what they're going to do in the second half. Sure. And I think that's what made this game, uh, both teams in this game, because I wouldn't say that even though the 49ers lost, I wouldn't say it was was an unsuccessful game for them. Oh, no, and that's why they're still number two in the power rankings. Right, yeah. so what what I would say is it's, it's a game of 3D chess in that you're anticipating your opponent's next move, and you're saying yeah. when you're in that locker room, um, you're like, okay, what is this other team going to do? What's their game plan coming into the second half? What are they most likely <laughs> to focus on? Let's take that and let's do the same thing and let's try and respond to that in the best way possible. And that's why you saw two defensively-centric uh, teams because both teams were like, well, the other team is probably going to shift their focus in this next half to mm-hmm. defense, um, and we can't be an offensively produ- producing team um, and let them uh, take that yeah. um, from us. Like we have to do the exact same thing to them if they're going to do that to us. This is what separates um, a team like, let's say, the Browns and the Ravens, same division. It seems like they should have the same amount of talent on paper, but. When before Lamar Jackson hikes the ball, and this is just the eye test, and I'm just a fan, and I'm not some sort of football scholar, coach, whatever, in any capacity. However, I do watch a lot of football. (laughs) And so as a fan, every single time the Baltimore Ravens line up to snap the ball, I just feel like they know what's going on. <laughs> I just feel Lamar Jackson knows where he wants to put the ball. I just feel They're like... They're over there banging a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like... that's funny. I just feel... That was really funny, Quinn. Um, that before a team like the Ravens, the San Francisco 49ers, the Rams last year, yeah. I don't know what's going on <laughs> this year, the Patriots, before they hike the ball... I, as a fan, am like, I don't know what's going to happen. Whatever, It's going to be dope. It's going to work. And it, uh, I am shocked by any flags they receive. To the absolute contrast, every time I see Baker Mayfield hike the ball, <laughs> I think, what is his plan? What possibly could he do that would matter, <laughs> that would work at all? They that would three matter. Points and it is, it is two minutes. We are at the two-minute warning before halftime. They have three points. It's like a situation where when – just by using the eye test, when I see, Ryan, like, let's say Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> when I see him snap the ball, when I see Baker Mayfield snap the ball, I don't feel confident that that will be a successful play at all. And this, again, like I said, this is just the eye test from a fan. But I think that this is a symptom of good coaching. I think it's a symptom of good uh, of a good system in place. It's a symptom of a good team. So my thing is this. When I'm watching a game, I am trusting myself as a fan who's watched a ton of games. Okay, what do I feel like is going to happen? And more often than not, it is the good teams that I'm more scared of and the bad teams that I'm not scared of. Um, It's just like when Justin Tucker lines up for a field goal, I am so confident he's going to make it. And that's like a symptom of him being a good kicker. And like when... 49 yards in the rain. That was a great kick. Has he like, what is he like never missed in the fourth quarter? What stat is that? Uh, Well... The the crazy thing is, by the way, there's a there's a person filming me, and it's because I have paparazzi. 
Ah, uh, um, of course. So it begins. No, it's because <laughs> it's because little Jordan Humphreys in the crowd and little Jordan. Yeah, I bet there's a way that we can get him to listen to. Dude, this. there is. <laughs> I believe someone so DM him on Twitter and be like, "Hey, contact Lil Jordan. <laughs> call in on our podcast." Also, um, real quick, sorry. While we're on that note, yeah. and before I forget, uh, <laughs> the, the I want Jordan Humphrey note. Yeah, I want to do a little something <laughs> next week that I think would be fun. Um, When's his birthday? Can we have, can we have a birthday podcast? So, uh, Connor, <laughs> Seth, and I were discussing this before the podcast. And I think it would be really cool if we had, like, um, if we had people, because next week's probably going to be our last podcast of this season, because uh, oh. the week after that's finals week. The big sad. Um, but I think it would be really fun is if we advertised on social media and said, like, hey, if you want to call in, we'll give you, like, anywhere from two to five minutes. If we don't like your interview, we can cut it out. Um, mm-hmm. They, yeah, they got to be available between those hours. But if they want to call in and just talk to us like that would be really fun it'd be a great way to get some some you know diversity yeah. up in here it'd be you know people would want to listen to it hear sure. their voices so i think that'd be really fun if, if we like i'm gonna put a thing out on my social media um i would you guys can do the same um if you're listening to this if you made it this far in the podcast first off congratulations uh so, <laughs> second though um dm one of us your phone number and uh, let us know that you would be interested. You got to be available between twelve and one thirty on next Tuesday. You got to talk sports with us, or just life. Honestly, you know? hey, it doesn't this even is have a clean to be sports. family podcast. Yes, uh, and if you do swear, we which we don't. Um, <laughs> we have the technology to cut it out or bleep it out. So really, which I, uh, come as we, you are. We is what I want to. We say. wouldn't ah! know that. Like we've never had to come cut, as you we've are. We've never had to cut that out. You know, like no, that's we not haven't. We would, but let's say hypothetically, hypothetically you did. We, we did. could. But we haven't had to. But we no, could. We, no, we, <laughs> we haven't had. Anyway, to. back to Justin Tucker. But yeah, so it, it back was to uh, the best kicker since Adam Vinatieri's prime. Not now. That, <laughs> honestly, I mean that was a fun game to watch. It I was a say, great game to on watch. On both ends of the coin, here's, offensive and defensive. Here's the interesting position that the Ravens are now in. I talked about this a few weeks ago that their record against teams that they're facing for the second time, although there's not a lot of those teams, is very few. Uh, but it's not good. They don't have a good record against teams that they're playing for the second or third time. Now, here's the AFC playoff picture. It is Pittsburgh Steelers, Buffalo Bills, Houston Texans, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and New the England Miami Patriots. Dolphins. No. And us. In the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, every team that I just Cincinnati named, Bengals. Every team that I just named that is in the AFC playoff picture, the Ravens have played. Mm. So whoever That's they good. end up playing... Yeah. If they get a first round bye, then they only have, have they to play. won against all those teams. They lost to uh the Chiefs, Chiefs and that's it. And Chiefs and got, Browns. Weird. Yeah. And we still yeah. got one more game. There's a couple Twilight yeah. Zone games where like your team enters the I Twilight that. Zone. That was like week three, right? Seahawks almost lost to the Bengals. Think about that now. No, At the time yeah, it was like, ridiculous. Oh, you know, Andy Dalton, blah, 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 something wrong with Seattle. <laughs> yeah, well, Twilight Zone week because the Bengals have just won their first game, and the Seahawks are ten and two. Just think about how that yeah. would have aged. Yeah, there's a couple like I'm saying. Just like it would have aged like milk. Like milk. True. Let me like tell milk. you, there are. This is this is the thing. There. One day we'll have a whole segment on Twilight Zone games of history, <laughs> but this was a Twilight Zone week. <laughs> Honestly, week probably in like February when the NFL ends it's and baseball dead. hasn't started yet, and the only thing to talk about is basketball every well, single week. Yeah, baby. Oh, you, let's do we, it. We've talked about that before, though. You can't really like. The thing about basketball and and baseball too is you can't really fill an entire podcast with what's going on unless it's the playoffs. Yeah, because well, Quinn, try me. <laughs> try. I, me. I'm sure we could. That should be when we do our like our NHL podcast where we we all know. Yes. That. And then we just yeah, like, Google we all have like the a whole light, time. We all like a light homework week. We yeah. all should just like go ham on yes. NHL study. Yeah. Get a study room in the library. An, extens- <laughs> an extensive history of the NHL. On the whiteboard, we have like all these maps, these teams, <laughs> these trade potentials. Yeah. <laughs> the Canucks. Like the Canucks it. need him. It's like the, the Canucks. Uh, they need Winchester. It's like the forensics board that you have and <laughs> the all the Canucks. Those. Winchester, Winchester to the Maple Leafs. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no way, man. Uh, yeah. You're insane. <laughs> um, but yeah, all that to say, Ravens 
going to have to play a bunch of teams that they already played before. So I want to see just, the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Most exciting team in the NFL. Perhaps the best team in the NFL. Did they, have they played the Saints? No. They have not played the Saints, but they played the Seahawks and the Niners. So if Seahawks, Niners, teams, Patriots. Beat them all. Yeah. I mean, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And I've seen nothing but that from the Ravens. And, all, and this is the same thing I said about San Francisco. Like, these teams are giving me no reason to doubt them whatsoever. Yeah. And uh, so I think that that matchup, if that is the Super Bowl, I'm not surprised in the slightest. I love Kyle Shanahan. I love Lamar Jackson. Um, great game. Would love to see it again. It could happen. It really it could. could happen. I was Bye. actually just about to ask, what uh, what's our Super Bowl prediction uh, to wrap it all up? Sure. Mm. What, okay, like at this, this, at this point, tinfoil hat take. I'm okay. going to give you your tinfoil hat. At, this, at this point in the season, what is your Super Bowl um, oh, what, well, first off, what's your ideal Super Bowl? And I guess if that's different than what you actually think is going to happen. I, I do, and I say And keep this, it brief because we're... My tinfoil hat take like three, four weeks ago was that it was going to be a, a 2012 rematch. So uh, Ravens and Niners, and I, I stick to that. The Ravens look like they're going to be at the top of the AFC. They still have the Bills to play, which will be tough, and then a few other kind of garbage games. Um, and the Niners, I believe that they will beat the Seahawks at home, and yeah. therefore... Uh, send the Seahawks to th- to three losses, and the the Niners won't lose for the rest of the season. Is my prediction. Yeah, um, that makes that totally makes sense to me. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. But I I do, and I would love if it was a rematch of that Super Bowl. I really don't know who would win. It's gonna be great. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great, very defensive game. I'm gonna agree on the Ravens front and and say that they're gonna be my AFC pick. Um, but I'm also going to um differ on my NFC pick and say um, that it's going to be either the Seahawks or the Saints. Um, Thanks, Thanks, Quinn. (laughs) I think one of those teams, though, is going to beat the Niners uh, in the playoffs and, and, you know, pass that team up. Interesting. Um, I think they both have... The NFC is interesting because I I feel like there's a few teams that that could do well. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate the Seahawks love there, Quinn. I don't, and this, this is probably because like we're obviously the biggest critics of our own teams yeah, as yeah, far yeah. as sports fans go. I love my Hawks. I don't know if they have what it takes to be able to beat uh, a San Francisco or perhaps like a Green Bay or a New Orleans in the playoffs. We're good. I don't know if we're that good. So for me, I would love, love to see a Saints in the playoffs. I love the resilience they've shown without their starting quarterback. Yeah. For a team to go undefeated, was it I might have been undefeated. It was like one loss without Drew Brees with wild. Teddy Two Gloves Glove Water <laughs> baby starting a quarterback. <laughs> I love to see that resilience. I think the piece that they're missing is Mark Ingram that the that Baltimore has now. And so um that's the only the only thing that they're missing is sort of a bruising back. They have Latavius Murray, but I, I'm totally blanking what uh the running back. Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. A little disappointing. I think he Weird was this inj- year. Uh, he might have been injured. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He just wasn't in he wasn't uh, on my news headline ever. No. Uh, he wasn't in, really on my mind. So I my pick for the Super Bowl is gonna be the Saints, and that comes in large part because I freaking hate the 49ers <laughs> because I love the Seahawks so much. Yeah. So the 40, I'm only saying it because I want to be contrarian to everyone who's picking the Niners. Screw Jimmy Garoppolo, bro. Get out of here. Kyle Shanahan, punk. Um, <laughs> go, go Seahawks as far as they can make it. I don't think they can make it that far, though. So I think my ideal Super Bowl and also my call because, you know, I'm feeling hot take is going to be Saints out of the NFC. Out of the AFC, it I okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Tom Brady played so terrible. Last so week. very, very. Poor. I was shocked because usually December Tom is a whole nother Tom, and so he is the the Patriots gave me a reason to doubt them, and they hadn't up until that point. The Ravens have not given me a reason to doubt them yet, and I only use this doubt. I guess did you both pick Ravens though? We did. Okay, so then yeah. I'll, I'll go contrarian. I'll go uh, choose choose with your heart by by all means, Connor. Please, okay. yeah, pick the Ravens. Please join the bandwagon, dude. A Ravens Seahawks Super Bowl would be great for this podcast. Oh yeah. Oh I, yeah, that would be. Oh my god! Also that'd tear be so us great. apart. It, yeah, yeah <laughs> it'd be like a girl we're both into, and, and <laughs> it's like whoever she chooses. Her name's Lombardi. Her, ma- her, name's, Lomb- her name's Vince. Um, uh, okay, so oh, please don't date a girl named Vince. The so because you two pick the, because you two pick the Ravens, I would like us to hedge our bets a little bit more. I'm 
I doubting Belichick in the playoffs. He's given me one reason to doubt on one only, and that's that Tom. He's looking kind of sunsetty. It's looking kind of like sun's getting Choose low. The Chiefs. He's getting on. Sun's getting Chiefs. Real low. Yeah. I like the Chiefs. I can't trust Andy Reid though. Andy Reid blows games late. <laughs> that's what he does. That's what he did in Philadelphia. Yeah, he uh, could he not this one time. Yeah. Maybe this is the time. I do like Patty Mahomes. Mahomes is but I think they're all Mahomes they're, they're magic, still baby. that Kareem Hunt loss was good morally and ethically but they it, it is kind of they haven't been in the same since they have not yeah, been the same since yeah. i mean yeah he led the league in rushing so of course like you're not going to be the same and damian williams lashawn mccoy they're fine but i'm gonna say uh new orleans and new england it's going to be the news it's going to be new <laughs> uh new versus new that'd be uh, cool yeah drew Brees versus tom brady I want New Orleans to be my pick to win the Super Bowl. Uh, my Seahawks, I think, have a chance, but they're just not that good. I don't think they've got what it takes to make it that far. But in Russ, we trust, so maybe that's <laughs> something to change. But at least today, as it stands, to be contrarian to both of you, while Ravens 49ers makes a lot of sense, and while the Seahawks Ravens makes a lot of sense, I'm going to go with New Orleans, New England, and um, Drew Brees holding up that uh, Lombardi trophy, kissing a baby, looking all Kiss Mormon. Kissing a baby. Love uh, a baby. <laughs> I don't know one of his. <laughs> what a what a or or like mine. I'm like Bill, kiss my Bill, child. Well, Bill Belichick kisses his daughter on the lips, Does as, he? as we've seen in the past. Why, You've never seen why that would picture. You say that. Right? You've never seen that picture. Okay, for the record, Tom Brady and Tom versus Time kissed his son on the lips, and maybe it's something East Coasty. He that kissed Robert not. Kraft on the lips after they won that last Super Bowl. Hey, I'd kiss Robert Kraft on the lips too if we won, you know, six Super Bowls. <laughs> okay, yeah. that does it for this episode. Quinn's uh, like Connor, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I love you guys. You guys can talk more about uh, kissing each other on the lips after the podcast. Though. You got it, Quinn. Uh, <laughs> um, thank you guys for joining us on GPS Sports this week. We'll see you guys next week. Um, until then, uh, goodbye. Goodbye.